Greetings, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to my new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast series. We have been overwhelmed with the responses that people have shared from listening to these messages on my SiriusXM show over the years. Those listeners, and they're sharing my show with their network, telling people about it, telling their family members, their friends, and their coworkers about this show and the impact it's having on their lives. That's the main reason that this show is now number one for self-help in America, and I'm very grateful. Yet, we realize that many people do not have satellite radio and therefore could not experience for themselves the message. They could not get it for themselves. So we are now sharing these messages with everyone via this new podcast. Enjoy it and share it with your network. And let's help even more people to do more, be more, and achieve more. Tell everybody so that they can live a Wealthy Ways life as well. Welcome to the new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. And remember, your best is yet to come. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world. Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly. a minute. That's right. It only takes a minute to change your life. I have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it, forced upon me, can't refuse it, didn't seek it, didn't choose it, but it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it, give account if I abuse it, just a tiny little minute, but an eternity is in it. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Willie Jolly coming to you across America from coast to coast, border to border, and I want to say welcome to everybody. Hope you're having an incredible day, an incredible week, an incredible month. You know, the best way those to predict the future is to create it. And that's why we have this show to help you create your future, to create your possibilities, not just go through the challenges of life, but grow through them and turn your setbacks into comebacks. So I'm excited about being on the air one more time. You know, I say it every week. God's gift to us is life. Our gift to God 
is what we do with our lives. So we should live exceptional, incredible lives. And I start every show giving God glory, giving him praise and thanks for what he has done, what he is doing and what he is yet going to do. And I know everybody doesn't believe like I believe, but I uh, have to make sure I give glory to the one who has blessed me mightily. And I'm grateful for all that God continues to do in my life. So I'm grateful and grateful for all of you. Each and every one of you who goes to my website, WillieJolly.com, who sends me these emails, notes, sends messages, texts, tweets, and says, I love the show. Thank you. You don't know how much that encourages me. And a couple weeks ago, I asked everybody to do me a favor. Send me a note. Send me a note of who you are, where you live, how old you are, and what you do for a living. If you haven't done that yet, please do that so we can make sure to uh, to make sure to know who you are and the demographics of the kind of people we we have listening. I'm very grateful for recently Pastor Crozier in West Virginia who said uh, he listens every week and uh, so many people in Detroit and who have called truckers, all you my trucker friends who say they listen every week. So thank you. But let me know who you are and we'll send you a really nice gift. Yes, we will. A, a really nice gift. I won't tell you what it is because I want to be a surprise to you when you get it. But it's a nice gift, a digital gift that you will be blessed with. Well, Today is another one of the day. You know, I only bring the best and the brightest, the A-listers to this show. And every week I got a new A-lister. And tell you folks, this is another one of those days where you're going to be blessed. You're going to grow. I encourage you to take out your pad, your pencil, your iPad, your, your notepad, wherever you can take some notes on. Because you got to get some 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 pearls dropped on you today. Uh, this gentleman, you you all know him. You all know him. He has uh, been seen on television. Uh, you know him from The Apprentice. That's right, The Apprentice. He is Dr. Randall Pinkett. And he was the uh, first African-American, am I right, who was on uh, The Apprentice, uh, won the Donald Trump said, you hired. He is, uh, he's, he's a man who makes stuff happen. I'm telling you, he is a entrepreneur, entrepreneur, speaker, author, scholar, leading voice in his generation in business and technology. He's the founder and chairman and CEO of his fifth venture, BCT Partners, which is a multi-million dollar management consulting and information technology solution firm that's headquartered in Newark, New Jersey. He uh, has received numerous awards from uh, about his excellence from so many places. I could just be on top all day talking about this. But here's what I am most uh, uh, impressed about this gentleman. He is someone who, who who never stops learning. He holds five academic degrees, a, a Bachelor of Science in Electrical and Engineering from Rutgers. Uh, he also was a high jumper and long jumper while there, the captain of the men's track and field team. He has a Master's of Science in Computer Science from the University of Oxford. That's right, he's a Rhodes Scholar. He is a Master's of, of Science in Electrical Engineering and an MBA and a PhD from MIT. Come on, somebody. Uh, <laughs> Brother Randall, I just got my doctorate. And I, I have mucho, mucho respect for people <laughs> who got their doctorate. And you got more than a doctorate. So, man, God bless you. Welcome to the show. He's in studio here. Welcome. Brother Dr. Jolly, it's great to be on the show. Thank you for having me. This is long overdue. It's man. Long, long overdue. overdue. So many of my friends all over the country, my buddies who I go out and these speaking tours with, they said, have you met Randall Pinkett yet? I said, no, I haven't met him yet. Have you had him on your show? No, I haven't had him on the show yet. 
Les Brown, George Frazier, Dennis Kimbrough. They all said, you got to meet this brother. And I got to give a shout out to my girl, my friend, Gwen Kelly, who works at Walmart. Gwen has talked about Randall to me over and over again. You got to get this guy on. You got to read his book. It's fantastic. Gwen Kelly, I'm shouting you out, girl. That's right. Shout out to Gwen Kelly. Shout out to Gwen. She loves this book by Randall called Black Faces and White Places, 10 Game-Changing Strategies to Achieve Success and Find Greatness, particularly in the corporate space. Am I right? right. Absolutely right. And he also has a book called Campus CEO. And I love this book. I love this. I went through this book, The Student Entrepreneur's Guide to Launching a Multi-Million Dollar Business. And and folks, even though it says a student entrepreneur's guide to launching a multi-million dollar business, you could have this book to say a entrepreneur's guide because the principles are are incredible well i've given the thumbnail who randall pinkett is why don't you give the rest of the story my friend well willie first of all it's an honor to be on the program and i want to give credit to you for being one of those shining lights and shining examples in this space as a speaker and an author and now with, with your doctorate as an academic uh, and a scholar and i've tried <laughs> and, you, and you named some great names with uh, george frazier and dennis kimbrough and les brown and, and you are in that same tradition and so i see myself very much following in the footsteps of yourself and the individuals that you reference so it's a real honor and a privilege to be a part of the show and to meet you personally well it's a joy man it's really a joy and i just wish you all of God's blessings for the Amen. work you've done and continue to do and that he has in store for you. To Amen. Use, you keep to, praying for it, brother. I got work yet to do. I know that's right. I know that's right. We'll pray for each other. That's right. That's right. So, so you know, the, the story for, for Randall Pinkett is, is not a complicated one. You know, I, I feel like I've been blessed and my, my, my calling is to be a blessing to other people. And I have walked this entrepreneurial journey since I was a child. Mm. And I was the kid who sold lemonade. Oh, I was okay. the kid who sold candy in the halls of his school. I was the kid who tried to sell his toys to other kids in the neighborhood, only to find out two things. One, the kids had no money, so they couldn't <laughs> buy the toys. And my mother found out and said, boy, you can't sell the toys. I bought them. Right. At least give me a cut. <laughs> I told her, you can't get a cut. So she shut me down, Willie. <laughs> she said, shut down this whole toy operation. <laughs> but interestingly, if you ask me, Willie, when I started college, what do you see yourself doing when you graduate, Randall? My answer would have been, work for a corporation mm. as an engineer. I studied electrical engineering at, at Rutgers University. And you got to think about that. All these entrepreneurial activities as a child, but I never envisioned myself as a business owner. Now, let's be clear. I have no one in my family who owned a business. No one in your family is entrepreneur. I'm the first entrepreneur. Okay. Now, I have an uncle who had a small operation, but nobody who was a full-time, full-fledged business owner. And so I never had that example yes. that said to me, this is something you can consider as an option. So I just went the traditional route, like many people do. Right. Thinking I'm going to go to college, I'm going to get a job, I'm going to work in corporate, I'll get a gold watch, I'll retire, and I'll fade into the sunset. But that was not what God called for me to do. Mm. So my sophomore year, a childhood friend of mine named Wayne Abbott, and I talk about Wayne in Campus CEO. Wayne and I grew up in the same neighborhood. His family moved into the neighborhood same time my family did, across the street from where I grew up. Yes. But Wayne was two years ahead of me. By pure coincidence, he went to Rutgers and studied electrical engineering just like me. Mm. So my sophomore year, his senior year, Wayne appeared at the student activities fair at the beginning of the school year where all the student organizations have tables to recruit the first-year students. Mm. Wayne had a table selling T-shirts. Wow. So I walked by. I said, man, what are you doing? He said, man, what does it look like I'm doing? I said, 
It looks like you're selling t-shirts. He said, I am selling t-shirts. I said, now, are you making money? He said, man, what does it look like I'm doing? He said, I said, you're making money. He said, yeah, I'm making money. And so seeing somebody who I could relate to, who looked yeah. like me from the same neighborhood, who I had known my entire life, I said, you know, if he can do it, why can't I do it? Yes. And from that moment, I resolved that I was going to be a business owner. So the credit goes to Wayne. Shout out to Wayne Abbott for giving me that, that vision for what I could do with the passion I already had inside of me. And that next year, Willie, my junior year of college, I came back and opened up a compact disc store in the, uh, the, the, uh, the living room of my on-campus apartment. Wow. I had shelving. I had product. It was not bootleg listeners. It was legitimate from a wholesaler, marked it up, charged sales tax, resold it. There was no store on campus. And that was my first foray into business was seeing Wayne coming back the next year and launching that CD store. And I've never looked back. I've never worked for anybody since then. You know, that there are a couple of things. You know, folks, if you're listening, uh, a constant or, or, or a regular listener here, you know, I, I listen for the pearls, the pearls that might not be un, uh, might not be said, but are the pearls of success through the conversation. So far, he said, you ought to think, why not me? That's right. Why not me? Why not me? And second, be willing to start small. Yes. Be willing to start small in order to grow big. Be willing, uh, as Les Brown says so often, be willing to stoop in order to, in order to uh, conquer. And be willing to say, okay, I can do that. Yes, I can do that. Yes, learn. learn, learn. And be teachable. And that's what you said you were willing to do. A couple of things that came out in this book that I thought were profound, uh, and I want to read a couple of them. Again, I want to say this is Dr. Randall Pinkett who's on with us. You know him from The Apprentice, season four, winner of NBC's The Apprentice, where Donald Trump said, you're hired, okay? And uh, that was uh, huge because uh, we had not had an African-American who won that at that point, as well as the fact that this was a, a young man who was who was strategic. He, when I looked at that, that, that whole season, I, I loved those early, uh, apprentice yeah. because I would take notes. I'd sit and take notes yeah. because there were a lot of life lessons uh, there. But anyway, uh, he has a he has an engineering degree, a BS in engineering from Rutgers. Uh, he has an MS in computer science from Oxford. He's a Rhodes Scholar. He has an MS in electrical engineering, an MBA, and a PhD from MIT. Uh, he also has been the spokesperson for Amtrak and a number of other uh, activities that are really profound. Here's something he says in his book, though. It's called uh, campus CEO. We're getting ready to take a break. I'll read this. He said there are five uh, new school thinking for the entrepreneurial mindset. And we're going to go through these when we come back in. Uh, from, uh, it says creativity, resourcefulness, courage, vision, and perseverance. We're going to go through them and talk about how you can grow your entrepreneurial expertise, how you can grow your entrepreneurial ideas, and how you can grow your future. You're listening to the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways show across America. And for sure, for sure, for sure, the best is yet to come. We'll be right back. If you cannot depend on them, when you're in Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and if you're enjoying this information you're hearing on this podcast, I want to invite you to get even more great information on my new 
free gift page on my website. Go to wjspeaks.com and hit the All Access badge. On that page, you will find information and resources specifically designed to help you to have greater success. Free ebooks, music, all sorts of interesting and informational interviews for my XM show. I'm telling you, this is a great page. And why do I do it? Because I've learned that the more we give, the more we get. And the more we help other people to grow and go to the next level, the more we receive in our business. So we want to help you. Tell your friends about it. Go to Facebook and get my information. Go to my website. Get my free resources. And get on wjspeaks.com and hit that all access badge. It looks like a backstage pass. Click it. You'll get behind the scenes information to the special page to help you grow. All we want in return, all we ask is that you pass it on because the more you give, the more you get. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day. Dr. Willie Jolly here on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show on Sirius XM. And my special guest is Dr. Randall Pinkett. He is the founding chairman and CEO of BCT Partners. He's uh, building a multi-million dollar business, but most people know him from television, from The Apprentice. He was the, the one who Donald Trump said, you're hired. And uh, well, why don't we just dwell on that for just a moment? Uh, uh, what was that like? It, it was a great experience, and, and you should know, I, I have to give credit to my wife. It was her idea. Really? To go on The Apprentice. And In fact, my wife was a big fan of the show. I hadn't seen much of the show, actually. But she had this idea that I should apply and that she believed I could win. And mm. I completely ignored her urgings to the point where she found the application, she downloaded it, she printed it out, she put it on my desk, she made me fill it out, and she made me send it in. Wow. I told her, this is a complete waste of time. (laughs) And to make a long story short, there were a million people who applied that season. There were 18 of us who were chosen, and there was one winner, and that was me. And and in the nine seasons of the old format of The Apprentice, because now it's Celebrity Apprentice, but of the old format, there was only one person of color for all of those seasons, and that was me. Wow. And so it's amazing what God can do. I'm a big believer that he works through you and he works through others to get to you. And he was clearly working through my wife in that instance because I was not trying to hear it. Uh, But it was a great experience. I met some great people. Uh, Obviously, it's given me this platform, having been on the show, uh, 
to have a voice beyond just as an entrepreneur, but to, to do speaking, to do writing, to be on the Dr. Willie Jolly show, and then the <laughs> list goes on. Uh, but it's been a real, real, uh, a great opportunity for me, and one that I um, I, I can never say no to my wife on anything ever again. I know that's right. I know that's right. Well, folks, you know, he sounds like a man like me who way over married and uh, <laughs> I'm way over married. And yet we know that these wives that God has blessed us with are the people who are who, who, who are our best advisors. Yes. And we we listen to them and we grow because of it. Well, you uh, you 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 were. But you know what I thought was profound in the book. Now, this is interesting, folks, that he worked for Donald Trump for a six-figure income for that that year or whatever amount of time it was, but he took a loss <laughs> in doing that. Now, that's a, how, how, how do you mean he took a loss? Well, he already had a multimillion-dollar company. Right. He, he did not need that job for the money. He did use it for the platform. That's right. But he already had a business that was doing well. And I think that's important for people to know that this was not something that he was striving to get there just so to get a six-figure income. Some of them folks were. He was there because he knew how to run a business. That's right. And that's why he won. And that's what I want to talk about, how to, grow a bi- how to start a business, how to grow a business, how to run a business, and how to profit. Been there, done that. All right. So let's talk about what it takes to grow an entrepreneurial activity. What are, what are this? If you were talking to a room full of college students, you know, and you had a a a a, a uh, curriculum that you would send them, uh, talk to them about, lay it out on it. Well, right. well, it begins with the foundation of what you referred to uh, before we went to the break, Willie, which is. First and foremost, you've got to have an appreciation for this entrepreneur's mindset. And and I, I got to be very clear with your listeners. I'm not necessarily talking about starting a business when I say the entrepreneur's mindset. In other words, entrepreneurship is not just something you do. It's a way that you think. Mm. And if I'm in front of any collegiate audience, I tell them, you have to have an appreciation for how to think like an entrepreneur if you want to be competitive in the 21st century. Because the way the job market is going and the way the economy is going and the way the economic landscape has shifted permanently, not temporarily, but permanently, you have to be able to create opportunity and not wait for opportunity. And is that mindset of creativity, resourcefulness, courage, vision, and perseverance that will enable you to make a way when others are trying to find their way. It's a, it's a way of saying, I bring value to the world. And I can monetize that value in a variety of ways. I can go get a job and monetize it. I could do consulting work independently and monetize it. I could do fee-for-service. I could do freelance. I could do part-time. Or I could run my own company. So there's a whole spectrum that's been opened up uh, in the 21st century of entry points to be entrepreneurial that are short of starting a business, but certainly from where I sit, the best place to be is to be a business owner because that's where you really do reap the full benefits of the talents and the value you bring to the world. Oh, I love that. Creativity. I love that, folks. That He said, don't wait for the opportunity. You create it. And that's where entrepreneurial mindset is. You're looking for opportunities. And where there is no opportunity, you create an opportunity. You, you, you share with people how you can bring value to them, how you can solve a problem that they might not even know they have, or you make them aware of a problem that's, that's, that, that is very uh, 
obvious to you but might not be obvious to them. That's and right. the more creative you can come, being resourceful, being able to, to, to as I said earlier, well, off make to make uh, bricks without hay. You know, that's, yeah. that's what we have to do sometimes as entrepreneurs. We got to use a little bit of this and a little bit of that to make something happen. And that's what this, and I'm going to read these. He said, creativity, possessing an inventive or clever approach to situations. Resourcefulness, subscribing to the notion that he or she can turn nothing into something. Come and, on, somebody. Hey, and Tupac said how to make a dollar out of 15 cents, stay legit, and still pay your rent. That's Ooh. what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's exactly right. Uh, and, and you know what, folks? That's what it is to, to be able to be resourceful. You got to be resourceful. And that's one of the things that Les Brown and Wally Famous Amos and all of the people you've heard on this show have said over and over again, got to be resourceful. Next, it says courage. And this is a big one, folks, because this is a big one. I, 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 you know, many of you know my, my doctorate is in faith-driven achievement. And I, I have a master's, a, doctor, a master's of theology, but then a doctorate of ministry with faith-driven achievement. And that means that how do you use your faith to maximize the options and opportunities that are around you and what it takes. Many people got faith. Yes. But it takes courage mm. along with that faith. You have to have courage to be willing to step out on that faith. You got to be willing to, to, to step out. And that's hard. That's right. It takes courage. It that's takes right. courage, okay? Uh, well, talk about that a little uh, bit. Yeah, you know, when I wrote Campus CEO, I went out and interviewed dozens of student entrepreneurs. And invariably, what separated the winners from the losers were the ones who, at the end of the day, did all the analysis and the planning and all of the market studies, but said, you know what, I'm just going to step out and do it. Because mm. there were so many stories I heard of folks who got caught up in what folks call you know, paralysis by analysis. They yep. talked about it. They've been praying on it. They've been, ta- they've been you know, aspira- aspiring to do it. And they've done all the things that are necessary to lay down the foundation, but they're still unwilling to pull the plug. Right. And so you have to have this measure of courage combined with faith to actually take that first step. And in fact, what I found is once you do, it's, it's quite liberating because any, any real entrepreneur will tell you that failure is inevitable. Mm-hmm. So if you're afraid of failing, then you aren't, then, then you might as well just disabuse yourself of the idea that you can avoid failure. Right. Failure and success go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I say to anyone who's on the fence who's saying, well, it, you know, should I or, or could I or, or would I? I say to you what Nike has been saying for years, just do it. Just do it. Absolutely. My dear friend uh, Everett Hall, the great clothes designer, uh, was here and we had him on the show. And uh, we were talking about setbacks. And, my, you know, my book, A Setback Set Up for a Comeback, uh, was, was really uh, blowing up then. And so I said, well, have you had any setbacks? And he said, uh, which day? <laughs> uh, you know, what day do you talk about? I got setbacks every day. That's right. and, and as an entrepreneur, people have asked me often in interviews and, and on television, well, have you ever failed? I said, every day I fail. I, I've tried to do this, I failed. I, I tried to do that, I failed. Uh, but we had a guest on just recently, and he had a quote from Oprah who said that uh, when you succeed, it is a matter of being willing to fail at things. You got to take the risk and then be on on a high wire that's right. every day. That's right. That's right. And own it. Yeah, I talk about three three uh, tenets of failure. The first is that failure says nothing about you. Mm-hmm. It's not personal. Don't take it personally. We all fail, and so 
get past that. Second is you learn more from failure than you do from success. Some of life's greatest lessons are found in failure, if not tremendous failure. And then third and finally, and I believe this is a quote from, I think, Benjamin Franklin, which is that success is nothing more than going from failure to failure with undiminished enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. That, if, if, that I believe the, the, uh, the, the, the connective tissue from failure to success is perseverance. And mm-hmm. that's that next principle of the entrepreneur's mindset, that if you're willing to persevere, if you're willing to put in the time and the effort and the sweat equity long enough, you'll succeed. And I I tell the story all the time of uh, Formula 409, mm-hmm. whose, whose namesake comes from 409 attempts to get the formula right. Mm. Now, who among us is willing to go at it 409 times? That's right. That's right. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean it's just a, a fact. I mean, I don't know if I'd be willing to go 409 times, Willie, but once I heard the story, I said, oh, I got to step my game up. Because four, and then uh, WD 40, mm-hmm. uh, which stands for water displacement perfected on the 40th try. There are all these stories in business of businesses that are predicated on someone or someones who were willing to try it over and over again until they got it right. Perseverance goes hand in hand with courage and faith. It, it, it goes hand. So, folks, I want y'all to have courage. I want you to have perseverance. And then you have to talk about vision. Let's talk about vision. Yeah. You know, I believe the at the core of vision is really uh, first looking introspectively. That to have a vision uh, for what you can do in the world, you have to have a intimate understanding of what are the things that are you're passionate about and what are the gifts that you that God has blessed you with to bring to this world that I know for me I was blessed with talents in engineering uh, I've had a passion for business uh, and so a gift in technology and a passion for business I run a technology business you know it helps to marry the things that God has blessed me with and I look out into the world and say now how can I develop a vision for where those talents and gifts fit into the larger world and so uh, I believe vision begins looking inward first, and then you look out into the marketplace and say, what are the gaps, the opportunities, the things that have not been met that I can fill? Because some people see opportunity, but they can't meet the opportunity. So it's finding that intersection between what the world's looking for and what you bring right. that constitutes having a real vision that's concrete. I think that's powerful. You know, uh, you said it so wonderfully. Envision, what do you envision? the inner vision, and then the outer vision. So, uh, and when I speak at a conference and I say there, there's vision, there's there's the uh, the be able to see and know that there's this eyesight, the four types of vision, eyesight, uh, hindsight, insight, and foresight. And so the only two that really count are insight and foresight because <laughs> vision, TV wanted to prove that you don't have to have eyesight. And then hindsight, you will know good to know what happened in the past, but you dwell on it, you get stuck. Then there's insight and foresight. That's right. And those two. Well, we're going to take a quick station identification. We'll be right back. I got Dr. Randall Pinkin on, and we are having a great time here at uh, the Willie Jolly Show. H-U-R Voices, Sirius XM, Channel 141, entertainment and information from Howard University. And we're back. You're listening to Dr. Willie Jolly with my special guest, Dr. Randall Pinkett. For those who don't know, real quick, I always like to give people a way to reach you, Randall, to either get your books, your products, have you come speak, uh, know more about you. Where should people look you up? Very easy. You can go to my website at randallpinkett.com. Uh, you can get my books there at randallpinkett.com slash books. Uh, and you can also follow me at Randall Pinkett. That's R-A-N-D-A-L 
P-I-N-K-E-T-T on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. One L in Randall and then uh, two T's in Pinkett. Yes. All right. So, folks, I want you to go. I want everybody who's listening to go buy all his books, uh, buy anything he has on his site, get his materials. And then have you have a conference or an event and you need uh, somebody to come and give us great speech, uh, call Randall. Call both of us. <laughs> we'll <laughs> come. We'll both come. We'll both come. <laughs> we like talking. Uh, so, uh, so, I know that's Right. Uh, so, you know, uh, a couple myths about uh, entrepreneurism uh, that were on the next page of the book. And I thought they they applied not just for students as well, uh, but for anybody is uh, being an entrepreneur is very risky. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? I thought that was profound. Yeah. You know, uh, not to say that being an entrepreneur is not risky, but rather to say if you think having a job mm. is not risky, then you might want to wake up and smell the coffee. That's right. Uh, that over the past five to six years, and, and, and beyond that, uh, quite frankly, as we've seen downsizing and right-sizing and layoffs and reorganizations and restructuring, we have seen a, a, a change in how the job market functions. There was a time when you could work for a company your entire life and retire and be celebrated. Whereas now, even companies making their numbers are letting people go. That's right. Because they're trying to find more ways to do more with less, to cut costs, to engender greater efficiencies. And that juxtaposed against work being offshore that's not coming back. That's right. Uh, it's created a new dynamic. That's right. And so the idea that working a job is safe and entrepreneurship is risky. You must explode that myth and realize that while both have their pros and cons, entrepreneurship, while risky, is looking like a much like a better and better option these days because it puts you in the driver's seat. You know, folks, I can't I can't say this enough. Many of you know that I am a big proponent of mama may have, daddy may have, but God bless the child that got their own. own. And so I am I, I tell my children, I tell my relatives, you better have your own. You got eight, 24 hours, eight hours to work on your job and whatever job you got, if you're working there, be an entrepreneur in, in that job. If they give you a dollar, give them $2 worth of work. If they say be there at 8 o'clock, be there at 745. If they say you got to stay to 5, stay there to 515. Give a little bit more than you're expected to give. Give an attitude of excellence and create a reputation for excellence. But then you got eight hours to, to sleep that night from, you know, whatever. But those eight hours between working and sleeping is where you work on your dream. That's right. Am I right about it? Absolutely right. And so you're right, Absolutely Ma. Right. You know, we all know people. You, know, you were told us, says right here, Mama told us, Daddy told us. Well, no, my parents didn't. My, my mom was a was an educator, so she had a job. But my dad was an entrepreneur, so he taught me about entrepreneur. But, but the average person will tell them, go to school, get a good education, so exactly you can get right. you a good job. That's exactly right. And we've, we've seen people at uh, Kodak lose. Lose them good jobs. That's AT&T exactly right. lose them good Blockbuster jobs. Video. Blockbuster video. who had went to school, got a good education, but it either was a result of a downturn in the marketplace or what you said, trying to get more out of less, exactly right. then people lost their jobs. We have to start thinking entrepreneur. One other thing I want to share. In the 19, early 1900s, most African Americans were entrepreneurs. They did day's work or they did their own little businesses or they did lands and copper uh, landscape. They did something that they owned their own and they made their own. That's and right. so, you know, we've got to remember that we come from rich entrepreneurial stock. Uh, next lip with myth, and this is one that about colleges, but I think it, it can apply in a number of different age. My age. I'm too young or I'm too old or, you know, I don't know. I, I, my age has 
bust that myth. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you look at, at the, the, the trend over the past few decades, and we are seeing younger and younger entrepreneurs becoming more and more successful. Uh, most folks know Bill Gates started as a student at Harvard, Microsoft, and some folks know Michael Dell started Dell Computers at University of Texas. But a lot of folks don't know. Well, and then folks know Google and Yahoo and Facebook founded by students. But most folks don't know that the company formerly known as Kinko's, now FedEx Office, was founded by a student. Mm. That Subway was founded by a student. That Nike wow. was founded by a student athlete and his coach at the University of Oregon, which is why it's no accident Nike is headquartered in Oregon. Wow. Folks don't know that uh, Federal Express was founded by a student. In fact, Fred Smith, who founded FedEx, wrote a paper in school about the concept of overnight mail, and the teacher gave him a C. Right. Said it'll never happen. You can't get mail <laughs> anywhere overnight. I'll, you know, C. And so if, if that teacher knew then what we know now, he said, I'll see you at the bank. Could have made some money <laughs> off that deal. Um, but Sean Diddy Combs, the yeah. seeds of Bad Boy at Howard University. Yeah. Uh, Russell Simmons, Def Jam Records, City University of New York. The, the point that I'm making, Willie, is that if, 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 if it's in your mind that you're not experienced enough, right. that you're not old enough, that you don't have enough of X, Y, or Z, you've got to disabuse yourself of that because the greatest threat to an entrepreneurial mindset is the belief that I can't do something because of something. Right. But the minute you start to buy into the idea that, oh, I'm not ready or I'm not qualified, it's the folks who don't think that. And that's why I think students are becoming more and more prevalent because they don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. No one told Mark Zuckerberg, you can't do Facebook. No one told Sean Diddy Combs, you can't do Bad Boy. They did what folks do. Was like, you can't tell me what I'm not going to do. I'm going to show you what I can do. Right. And so it's when you continue to believe that the world is indeed your oyster, that that is what undergirds the, uh, the entrepreneurial mindset that propels you to believe I can, whatever my mind can conceive, I can achieve. You know, folks, this is huge because many of you are, are, I know, are listening and saying, I've been dreaming about this thing. or I've been wanting to do this thing. or I, 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 I thought about it. And you didn't do it because you got talked out of it by yourself. Most of us talk ourselves out of our best ideas. That's right. And so I want to encourage you to listen to what Randall is saying and take this to heart that one, bust that myth that your age has something to do with it, that you're too young, too old. You uh, you know, it has nothing to do with it. It's about you you're making a decision and starting out. Just start. Just start. Don't wait for everything to be lined up right. Don't wait for everything to be perfect. All the little ducks walking in. No! Get started. Next one. I'm too experienced. And you already said that really wonderful. Many people think, I cannot do something because I don't know how. You must be willing, okay? And... Uh, Number seven, and then and then I think the the next myth, which is a, a critical one, because it, it it impeded me, and it was yes. one of my myths, was that you think that you have to have a lot of money. Hey, come on now! Do you think you have to have a lot of money? And if you look at the at the, at the numbers, uh, you know, Inc. Magazine has this uh, 500 fastest growing companies in America. If you look at the Inc. 500, and you go back and ask. How much money did they start with? Now, keep in mind, folks, I'm not talking about companies that failed. I'm talking about the fastest growing companies in the country. Half of them started, Willie, with $20,000 or less. Mm. It gets better. A third of them started with $10,000 or less. And then one out of every 10 fast growing company started with $1,000 or less. Wow. Now, I was in the category of or less because <laughs> I started with nothing. <laughs> wow. In fact, my second book was No Money Down, CEO. I say that's for the broke entrepreneurs. Wow. Because the fact is, the, 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 the more prevalent story of entrepreneurship is not going out and getting somebody else's money. 
and then going from a garage to the front page of Forbes magazine. The more prevalent story is having very meager beginnings and figuring out to our earlier conversation about resourcefulness of how to make something out of nothing. That's right. That you figure out how to get that first client, our first client being our church. Wow. First Baptist Church, DeForest Stories, gave us our first contract for $45,000, 15000 up front to take the church's administrative building and install a data network. Wow. And our revenues that year, right, Willie, $15,000. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is, look, folks, this is huge. You got to be willing to understand this process. I started with $200. There you go. $200. I quit my job, had $200 in savings, had two kids, I had a wife who was working on Capitol Hill, and I had an old beat up car. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm gone. Gone. I'm done. I'm doing this. And uh, I started my company. I had I had been working for a year. I've only had one job in my life, and that was one year where I worked for the school system. And uh, that was a great learning experience. About uh, and I, I learned a lot in that year about setting goals and objectives and and strategic planning. But you know what? Uh, I I I still didn't know what to do. I just knew I had to do something. That's right. And I started with two hundred dollars, folks. I'm I'm telling you, if you can just make the commitment that Dodd said, okay, all right, okay, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And many of you, look, and I encourage you. I, you know, I, I encourage you to write me, email me, uh, info at willyjolly.com, info at willyjolly.com. By the way, I want to encourage everybody to go to our uh, new site uh, that we are setting up to, so you can get access to some of these interviews and some of the excerpts from, as well as get the interviews so you can hear them and share them with your friends and family. Family who might not have Sirius XM. So go to willyjolly.com slash radio. I think that's willyjolly.com slash radio. That will help you with getting more of these as well as we got a new program uh, uh, that I want you to go to willyjolly.com slash 545. 545. Go to that com slash 545 where you can get on a program to get, uh, uh, well, for $5 you can get to be able to grow uh, yourself and your people and your folks and your future. I'm excited about it. Okay, so we've talked about those who started with nothing. We've talked about people who uh, started as young. I, I like this uh, piece about uh, why failure is okay with the entrepreneurial mindset. And I'm, I'm going to read this. This is a, There's a great saying that says failure is not falling down but staying down. That's what failure is. If you're serious about being an entrepreneur, you should learn as soon as possible that some degree of failure not only likely is a necessary part of building your business. So if at any point you get knocked down, maybe a bank turns you your loan down like Kathy Hughes with Radio 1. Right. Uh, she got turned down a number of times. That's or right. you choke doing your elevator pitch to an important angel investor. Or, uh, or a business you were sure would be a winner turns out to be a loser. Lots of folks have had that. I've had. Uh, uh, Mark Cuban was saying that his first two businesses failed. But the third one did okay. Okay. The key <laughs> is to get right back up again, dust yourself off, and figure out where you went wrong. In business, it's not a how many times you fall down, it's how many times you get back up. Yeah, and that's why this book for me is is a was a, a real labor of love because it, it to your earlier point, this is a book that is geared towards student entrepreneurs but relevant to any entrepreneur. But it's real talk about what it takes to grow a business. The you know the perception is that it's 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 sexy and it's it's exciting and it can be all those things but it's a lot of hard work. Absolutely. And 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 you can't take this failure thing personal because if you do it's going to take you down. The thing I'd say about that is I find that there is strength in numbers. That 
when you're down, there's someone there to pick you up. And so I'm a big believer in not launching out of the gate on your own, but launching with a strong team. I look at my three business partners, Jeffrey, Lawrence, and Dallas. We've been together through five ventures over 21 years as of this year. And if it weren't for those three individuals who would pick me up when I was falling down, then I wouldn't be where I am today. Wow, wow. Well, this is the kind of thinking we want you to get. We're going to go take a quick break, and we'll be right back. We've got one more segment to share with you some strategies on how you can turn your life around, turn your business around, make more money, and make a bigger difference. You're listening to Dr. Willie Jolly across America, and for sure, the best is yet to come. You put on my dreams and overcame my Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and for years I've told people that in order to have a greater life, it starts by having greater individual days. If you have a great day and you repeat that great day seven times, you've had a great week. And you repeat that week four times, you've had a greater month. And then repeat that month 12 times, you've had a greater year and you're on your way to a greater life. And it starts with that individual day. I recommend you start each day with something powerful. I call it the pure, the powerful, and the positive. Rather than starting your day with bad news, how many people got killed or how many children got snatched or how many fires there were, I recommend you start your day with something to inspire and empower and encourage you to make this day a great day. We're excited to announce the start of Jolly TV on my Facebook page. Go to Willie Jolly, Willie.Jolly on Facebook. Just go to Willie.Jolly on Facebook and get ready for a great day and a great life. Have a great day on purpose. You're listening to Dr. Willie Jolly across America on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. Hope you're having a great day. This is a great interview. You know, I said offline uh, that the great ones always go fast. It's like before they before you get going, they're they almost over. So we only got one more segment, so I got to get as much of this as I can because this is good stuff. And so, folks... Doc, Dr. Uh, Randall Pinkett is here. Y'all know him from The Apprentice. You know him from television. He has some books. Swear, let's talk about the two books. And you didn't mention yet much about Black Faces and White Places, and that's one that Gwen Kelly says is one of her favorite books, and she tells every corporate uh, black folk in corporate America that they need to read. Tell us about the books and what makes the two different, and so, or all the different books. Yeah, so uh, Campus CEO is the Student Entrepreneur's Guide to Launching a Multi-Million Dollar Business. It is uh, certainly more geared toward uh, aspiring entrepreneurs, but relevant to any entrepreneur. And if you're listening and you've got a young person in your life and you want to plant a seed, 
that can grow to entrepreneurial uh, fruition, then I would suggest that you look at Campus CEO. Uh, my more recent book is Black Faces in White Places, 10 Game-Changing Strategies to Achieve Success and Find Greatness. And that book was an attempt to try to understand what are the strategies that African-Americans use to navigate environments where we are underrepresented and to do so and to succeed without losing a sense of who we are. Because the proclivity when you're the only one, mm-hmm. the only woman in a predominantly male environment, the only African-American in a predominantly white environment, is that you believe somewhere in the recess of your mind, i got to be more like them in order to succeed here. Mm-hmm. And we counter that to say, no, quite the opposite. You want to hold on to all of who you are. Not only is that your own competitive advantage, but quite frankly... If you don't do that, you're going to find yourself 20, 30, 40 years from now looking in the mirror and not liking what you see in the reflection. Mm. So the people we interviewed were dozens of accomplished individuals across a range of sectors. Uh, Roland Martin from CNN, uh, Don Thompson from McDonald's, uh, Angela Glover Blackwell from a nonprofit large uh, policy link, uh, Benjamin Jealous from the NAACP. The list goes on. And we distilled from the interviews these 10 game-changing strategies that that we saw as patterns in the interviews, things like establishing a strong identity and purpose, demonstrating excellence, finding strength in numbers, uh, finding synergy and giving back generously. All of these strategies we just heard over and over again, seeking the wisdom of others. Uh, And the book kind of builds this foundation uh, for how you can, again, think about your talents and your gifts, how you navigate environments where you don't see a lot of people who look like you, Uh, To be successful, uh, and more importantly, to achieve greatness, which we believe is not doing for yourself, but but doing for others. Mm, That's great. So that's Black Faces and White Places. And then there's Campus CEO, and they're available where? You can go to my website at randallpinkett.com. You can go slash books to learn more about the books. Or you can follow me at Twitter, uh, at randallpinkett, R-A-N-D-A-L. That's one L, Pinkett, P-I-N-K-E-T-T. I'm telling you, folks, this is some good stuff. And then he's a member of my friend Buster Sori's church in New Jersey. That's right. In Somerset, New Jersey. Yes. And uh, y'all had known Buster has been on here and been on with his uh, 3Ds uh, (laughs) program. And he and I were on tour together with Kelvin Boston for The Money Wise. And what a dear friend. And I'm coming to speak at the church. We just got to get a date. So I'm coming to speak at the church. And my business partner, Lawrence Hibbert, who's the president of our firm, is a deacon at the church. All right. Come see both of us. (laughs) Amen. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Well, let's talk about the last few minutes we've got. Uh, Okay, again, you're in front of a a room full of entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs, old entrepreneurs. Okay, folks, you've heard uh, that it's going to take excellence. You got to have a vision. You got to envision. You got inside and then outside. You've got to uh, be willing to start small. Don't worry about failure. Failure is part of the process. It's okay. You know, you didn't know how to walk the first time you tried. It's okay. Keep trying. What are the other steps that you want to encourage people to do? You know, one of the books that really influenced me and and my partner, Lawrence, which we formed a small reading group at the company, was uh, uh, Good to Great by Jim Collins. Oh, beep, before you go any further, you just said something profound. I don't want you. You formed a what? A reading group at the the company. All right. So (laughs) you believe that reading has an impact. Oh, readers are leaders. There's no question about it. And that there's a direct correlation between what you read and how much money you make. That's exactly right. Absolutely. uh, Folks, y'all have heard me say this. That's why I bring these authors. And I'm always, because I have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars on personal development, on reading, my book, 
my 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 grandson was at my home just recently, and he said, "Pop." Golly, look all of these books. I said, you haven't seen them. I've gotten them in boxes. We renovated our house a couple of years ago, and we had to move out, and, and some of my bookshelves had to be uh, you know, destroyed in the process, and I'm now getting them made. I said, we got boxes more. He said, have you read them all? I said, no, I haven't read them all. Mm. But I might read one page, and I get one idea. That's all I need. Oh, I need. That's all, all right. you need. That's all you need. <laughs> okay, I so y'all started reading program. Yeah, we, great. Uh huh. Yeah, and one of you know, and uh, for those that haven't read the book, it's a study of what makes the great companies great, and, and, and not comparing great to bad, but comparing great to good. Yes, that the great ones outperform the good companies year after year after year. And of the many principles that Collins breaks down, one of them is this idea of the level five leader. The level five leader thinks. Who first and then what? Mm. Uh, the good leader, the level four leader, thinks what first and then who? That is, what should we be doing and then who should be on our team to help us do it? But Collins flips on its head and says, no, think who should be on your team first. And then once you have them on the team, think about what it is you should be doing. I'll say it differently. Don't conform the team to the strategy. Conform the strategy to the team. And that's why I'm a big believer, and we talked about it in the last segment, of not coming out of the entrepreneurial gate on your own. Mm. The, you know, the, 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 the perception is it's Bill Gates, it's Steve Jobs, it's, it's Oprah, but Bill Gates had a guy named... Uh, uh, Paul Steve Wozniak, Steve Jobs. I'm um, Steve Jobs had a guy named Paul Wozniak. Uh, Bill uh, Bill Gates had a guy named Paul Allen, and Oprah Winfrey had a guy named Jeff Jacobs. Right. But the story of success behind the scenes is always the team, the team, and the team. The same is true for me. Lawrence Hibbert, Jeffrey Robinson, Dallas Grundy, and Randall Pinkett are the success behind BCT and our executive team, which is a great team. But and it might just be a wife. It might just it might be, be a husband. Life. That's exactly right. It might right. be just a cousin. It might be just somebody to encourage you, but don't, and you know, it takes dream uh, teamwork to make the dream work. That's right. Amen. You look at the body shop, Anita Roddick, who founded the body shop. She was struggling for years on her own. Her husband, who was an accountant, said, look, honey, you know what? I want to leave my job. I'm going to focus on all the back office. You just go out and be the face and the marketing arm of the company. And the minute he left his job, the company took off. Mm. Again, there's strength in numbers. We talk about that in black faces and white places. So if you're out there going it alone, you have to figure out who is going to be your and. For me, it's Randall Pinkett and Jeffrey Robinson, Dallas Grundy, Lawrence Hibbert, and our executive team. For you, who is your and? Right. Take your name, put it on paper, write the word and, put an empty line, and fill in the blank. Look, folks, I want to encourage you. By the way, he said something about good to great. Uh, one of the things that has inspired me, and I got to make sure you get one of these, uh, uh, my Attitude of Excellence book, yes. uh, my latest book. Uh, Attitude of Excellence is, is based on uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Covey, uh, which was that you would grow your thinking of your uh, leaders. And then this is step two, because Covey wrote the foreword before he passed away, and I'm very grateful for that, uh, is how do you grow your people? And that's what this book is about, growing your people after you've grown your leaders, because... Great people give great service. That's good right. people give good service. Mediocre people give mediocre service, and negative people will kill your organization. <laughs> so I, I wrote this attitude of excellence with the concept that we will grow people personally and professionally. So there are two. There's two books I put together. One is a personal development book, and then the other one is a professional development book. And you put the two of them together, and you get people who grow and, and, and start to think a different way. And that's what I want to seek wisdom from those who've gone where you want to go. Now here's some of the things just for those who might have joined us late. You're listening to Randall Pinkett. He gave so many pearls in the, in the early part. I want to make sure I don't uh, uh, let you go. There was so much stuff here that I got to make sure you understand that this is about a concept. Think, why not me? Why not you? 
If not, not you who, okay? Right. Be willing to start small. Uh, God works through you and others to do uh, what you need to be doing and to benefit you. And to grow your entrepreneurial, so you must broker and broaden your horizon and read. Entrepreneurial is not just about you, what you do, but more importantly, how you think. Oh, I love that one. Oh, good <laughs> God. You must create opportunity rather than wait for it. I mean, this is so good. Last, we got a minute left. Share last parting thoughts, my friend. Uh, you know, the only that, that's thing I say say really is you know uh, I have a definition of success and a definition of greatness, which we talked about earlier. My definition of success is what you do for yourself. My definition of greatness is what you do for somebody else. Mm. That success is a destination, and greatness is a journey. And I believe we're all blessed. Uh, I've been blessed. You've been blessed. And I believe that we are called to use those blessings to be of service to others. And so while the world is so caught up in what it means to be successful, I don't think we have enough conversations about what it means to be great. Um, that if we were all striving for greatness, and Dr. King said it best, that everyone can be great because everyone can serve, right. then this world would be such a, such a better place. And, and I just encourage all of your listeners to, uh, I'm not mad at anyone who wants to be successful. I mean, any entrepreneur wants to be successful. All I say is just don't lose sight of that calling to greatness because God is calling us to be great. Absolutely. What a great way to end this show. Dr. Randall Pinkett, thank you, my friend, for being here, for coming and being part of this show. You're a gentleman and a scholar, and I'm honored to call you my friend, all right? Likewise, Willie. God bless you. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to coming back and just continued success with all you've done and the example you've given me and others to just strive for greatness. Great. It's, a pro, it's an honor. Well, folks, what a great show. Visit WillieJolly.com. Sign up for my newsletter. Follow me on Twitter, at WillieJolly. Go to my, 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 my program on YouTube. I want you all to hear it from First Baptist Church of Glenon when I spoke. It's called Best Motivational Inspirational Sermon and Song. Best Motivational Inspirational Sermon and Song. I want you to go see that and pass it along to your friends. And finally, remember that your best is yet to come. Your best is yet to come. Your best is yet to come. Have a great week on purpose. God bless you. Do you see so many others moving on? Are you steady going This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and people often ask, how did I go from a broke, busted nightclub singer to become a best-selling author and to be voted one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International? The answer is that I decided to invest and change my thinking, invest in my mindset, and decided to change my inputs because inputs determine outputs. I heard about a seminar years ago when I was just getting started. I was making about $100 a speech, and I heard this seminar that was creating millionaires, and it cost $10,000, but the guy was getting results. I didn't have that kind of money, but I decided 
to borrow it because I learned that there's a price for success, the price of college, the price of going to school, the price of education. There's a price for success, and then there's a cost for not paying the price, the cost of staying the same. And that cost is greater than the price. It's too expensive. And so I went, and it changed my life. And I came back and quickly made $100,000. I heard a similar story from Dr. Dave Martin, how he went to a success rally, heard a speaker who inspired him. He and his friend said, wow, that's changed my life. The speaker had a package of materials to help build wealth. The package cost $1,500. And that was all the money Dr. Dave had to his name. Dr. Dave's friend asked, do you think this stuff is worth it? Dr. Dave thought for a moment. He said, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But I do know that I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He invested that money in that package and used the materials to grow his thinking. He grew his mindset. He shared how that $1,500 investment has gone on to generate millions in revenues. He's a multimillionaire. And he has homes now in Arizona and Florida. I want to say to you, it's time to invest in you. I want to give you some materials that will help you grow you, grow your mindset, grow your future, grow your finances. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire. wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get some materials that will inspire your success and help you find that there's a price for success, but there's a cost for not paying the price. And the cost is always greater than the price. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire and get the bag, the box, or any of the materials there and keep growing your wealth. And remember, as a man thinketh, so as he is, and your best is yet to come. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.